there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Spock. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week we continue with the Indiana Jones film series with the Temple of Doom. Doom. And it's filled with doom. So much doom. I gotta sing the doom song now. Doom, 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 It's also filled with a lot of indie. That's really the doom I was referring to mostly. It's so full of Kate Capshaw flavored doom. Scott and I had both seen this before because I remember the first time I watched Temple of Doom I went to Scott and I says to him I says it's annoying the the Kate Capshaw lady Willie who screams a bunch and whines and is horrible but it's not that bad I was expecting it to be a lot worse and I still kind of believe that although I I almost was more annoyed by Willie in this viewing yeah, I think once you know what Willie is, it gets very annoying the more you watch this movie. Here's what she is, okay, peoples? And let me just... I, I'm sure I won't get any backlash for saying this. I've said much more controversial shit on this show, okay? She's fucking pointless. There's no purpose for her being there other than, oh, Indiana Jones is hot adventurer guy and he must bang hot lady. She does nothing. Marion Ravenwood, she is not. And there's already a very perfectly wonderful sidekick in the movie in Short Round. I love Short Round. Short Round is my fucking fave. (laughs) See, I used to get annoyed by both Willie and Short Round. Because Short Round's a little bit of a kind of okie-dokie Dr. Jones and you're like, okay, but as time has gone on, I've come to appreciate Short Round and what he is to, like, Indy as, like, a surrogate son. Exactly. That's my thing. Because Willie and Short Round are, I guess, supposed to be comic relief. Willie obviously is not. Like, we've established that Willie sucks. But Short Round, while his humor is silly and sophomoric, I guess, but, I mean, he's a kid, so what do you expect? The reason that I like Short Round is because you can feel the real connection between him and Indy. You see them together and you get a real father-son type of vibe. And I love that. And that's really like what carries it through. So really, the reason I say there's absolutely zero purpose to Willie is because Short Round not only provides comic relief, but he also provides the relationship and the sidekick element. Where he not only has this connection with Indy, but he has the ability to kick ass. Willie, played by Kate Capshaw, we all know at this point she is now married to Steven Spielberg. At the time, they were not married, so uh, you can hint why Kate Capshaw, who has been pretty much in nothing else that you would really recognize, is in Temple of Doom. Yeah, th- she she had met Spielberg sometime before this, I'm assuming, and then they got married in 1991. This movie came out in 1984. And they're still together to this day, so clearly she wasn't a gold digger, because that's kind of a long con if you're <laughs> just with him for his money. But her last credit, according to IMDb, is a TV movie made in 2002. 
So I don't know. It makes sense because she's awful. <laughs> There's a lot of times I kept looking at her while she was in this movie and she was acting. And I'm like, you're in a completely different movie. Yeah, I totally agree. The The tone in general in this movie is very all over the place. And I think that's why it's probably considered one of the lesser of the indie movies because it literally go from, you know, very intrigue and adventure in the beginning and then it kind of goes to like silly and over the top with like the the hijinks when we get to the palace scene where they're eating dinner and it's all snakes and shit and then we go to like towards the the end of the movie the climax area and it's some of the darkest shit you've probably ever seen in an indie movie so it's like it just goes from one end of the spectrum to the other I've watched Raiders, and I've watched Last Crusade a lot. Like, a lot. And I keep coming back less and less to Temple of Doom and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which we will get there. Is it a problem with tone? Yeah. Does Willie drive me crazy? Yeah. But there's still something here. Definitely. That's why I I do still enjoy it. I just kind of try to block Willie out as much as possible when she goes into her whining fucking nonsense that's supposed to be funny, I guess, but just is not even remotely funny. Like, oh my God. Because the thing is with Marion Ravenwood, when we talked about Raiders, she had her moments where she was kind of a damsel in distress and like she would she would shout indie. She would do that kind of stuff too. But she also was able to handle herself in a lot of ways and that's what made her a likable character she killed a bunch of nazis that's what i'm saying like can you see willie sitting in the cockpit of an airplane no shooting nazis with her big gun no no uh, especially since early on in this willie drops a gun oh my god i wanted to kill myself she's like (laughs) indy's like hold my gun and she he gives willie the gun which is not smart to begin with indy come on now but she drops the gun out of the car and Indy goes back to her, where's my gun? It burned me and I broke a nail. I'm like, oh my God, why? Uh, what is happening? <laughs> what is this person? But uh, before we get too much into the details of this, both good and bad, we should uh, start off with the general fun facts before we get into the nitty gritty. Yes. So this movie was released in 1984, three years after the OG Raiders of the Lost Ark. But for some reason, it's a prequel. We'll talk about that. I I don't really understand, but okay, whatever. We'll get there. Um, It was directed, again, by Steven Spielberg. The story was written by George Lucas, once again. However, the screenplay was written by a duo that has shown up before on Shoot the Flick, believe it or not. Uh, the, The screenplay was written by Willard Hyuk and Gloria Katz, who was the beautiful amazing talented duo oscar nominated by the way that wrote howard the duck that's it no more mr nice duck (sighs) we we reviewed howard the duck it was a mess what a shock but uh, please feel free to go back and listen to us lose our minds on that one but um yeah that also kind of explains a lot (laughs) you could tell that 
this movie was written by a man named Hyuk. Let's just put it that way. Hyuk. And I don't know if that's how you actually say his name. I just say it like that because it's funny. It's probably like, (laughs) it's probably Hoik. Who cares is the more important question. But, um, of course, once again, the score was done by John Williams. He was actually nominated for an Oscar for this score, but lost to a film called A Passage to India, which is quite ironic because this movie got lots of backlash for racism and violence, and the film was actually banned in India, which, I mean, I kind of get. Because it does, I mean, it, it's not like fucking short circuit levels of no of Indian no. Uh, disrespect. Mm. However, it it's kind of odd. I don't know. It makes me feel a little uncomfy. I I get it, but it's not egregious. I don't think in no. a way. But then again, I'm I'm not of Indian descent. Uh, but we've seen <laughs> things like Breakfast at Tiffany's and like right. Of course, I mean on the scale. Master, even Master of Disguise had a really bad one. Yeah, that we also did a review on that. Uh, but anyway, but uh, fun fact, this movie was also nominated and won an Oscar for visual effects, which, okay, yeah, I, like that's fine. I don't know. I don't really, I, I didn't see anything effects-wise that was very exciting. But, well, the 80, other than like the green screen that was questionable, like Raiders, but yeah. in Raiders you forgave it because it's Raiders. Yeah. In this, it's like, okay, it's yeah, all- I really think Short Round's hanging off that bridge right now. He's yeah. very close to death, that poor Asian boy. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> there's a couple of green screens that you're like, yeah, about that. Uh, but Again, it's the 80s. Right, it's fine. Like, with this movie in particular, and again, I like this movie, but the visual effects are the least of the problems in the movie. Yeah. You did bring up today, did make this a prequel. This is a prequel to Raiders. A lot of people didn't know that at the time. I didn't when I first watched it. Because it's really only announced in the time card that this takes place a year before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Exactly. And, like, I was talking, when we were watching this again, I was asking Scott, I was trying to, like, understand what happened that they said we have to make this a prequel because it really doesn't make sense to me because if you just take out the time card there's no indicator that this is a prequel there's no reason for it to be well okay so uh, the couple of things i have found out about this being a prequel both george lucas and steven spielberg were kind of going through a dark place in their lives yeah i've got that much from research i think they were quoted as saying that's why the script was kind of darker than it probably would have been normally yeah so because Indy kind of had this whole persona in the beginning about preserving history, putting it in the museum. They're like, we want to get to the before of that. Because he says it a couple times, he's looking for fortune and glory here. Also, apparently, George Lucas has gone on to say that they didn't want Nazis to be the villain again. Okay, so first of all, are Nazis the villain in the fucking fourth movie? What about the third? What's the third? The third isn't The third are the Nazis. The third is the Nazis. Okay, so then what the fuck are you talking about, George Lucas? Okay, that's what I thought. I'm like, there's another one with Nazis in it, so what are you talking about? But also, the thing about the fortune and glory, it's only a year before Raiders, so you're telling me that he just came to this revelation a year ago, and now that's what he lives by? Like, in Raiders, he made it seem like He's that always was, had this. Yeah. yeah, like that was a long-held tenet for him because he's a professor and he's an archaeologist and da 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 Like that kind of undercuts his character a little bit for me. Well, there are things in this that go against what... Ra- like we talked about the professor scene Raiders where that girl is clearly flirting with him and he's c- completely flustered by it. 
Right. Yeah, that's true. And then in this one, he's, he's like, he's all over Willie Scott, which, by the way, why? 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 There's no chemistry between them whatsoever. And it has nothing to do with Kate Capshaw's looks or anything. But her character is just so abysmal. Well, it, it just comes out of nowhere. They're like, at one point, Indy's like threatening to kill her. And the next minute, he's like, oh, let's have sex. You're like, where did this come from? Right. And I think that has something to do with the fact that Spielberg and Lucas were going through this dark time because from my research they were both going through breakups at that time so maybe they just wanted to like take out their romantic aggressions <laughs> through indie i don't know but the thing is you can have two characters in a romantic entanglement that fight all the time Indy and Marion fought all the time. They bickered. Like, half of the fucking rom-coms in existence are like, oh, I hate you. I hate you more. And then, like, 20 minutes later, they're fucking. That's fine. But but they don't have any chemistry. They're just constantly fighting. And she's useless. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing to really endear her to him. Well, the other thing about Marion and him, just to hit that point really quick, is they've established early on in that that they have a history. Willie and him met at this club at the beginning of the movie. Which, by the way, can we just talk about the opening of this movie? Yeah, it's weird. I never really noticed it before, but like watching it, I'm like, I'm, we're going through the opening, which is this club in Shanghai, and Willie Scott appears. We see her before we see fucking Indiana Jones in the Indiana Jones movie. Okay. But she is a, a, singer. a singer at this club, and she emerges onto the stage singing Anything Goes in Chinese. Good authors, too, who once knew better words, now only use for letter words writing prose. Anything goes. And, like, that's fine. I mean, I love a good musical number. We all know that. But, like, compare that to the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark and you're like this is not the same movie like you know, what is this it almost seems like we missed the cold open of a James Bond movie I guess because yeah, I we, 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 we have the scene before and then we get into the, like the musical number and this mm-hmm. just seems like we just started with the musical number this doesn't seem like an Indiana Jones movie. Like in the first one, they're going through the jungle and they're dodging booby traps and running around. And like, that's, you know, that's indie, bro. Like big yeah. fucking rocks rolling at him and shit. The tone, like again, the tone is weird. Well, the other thing is, if you take this whole section out of this movie, this has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. That's weird too. I said that because first of all, I couldn't remember the fucking plot of this movie going in. Like I knew things happened, like certain plot points, certain set pieces or whatever, but I didn't remember like what the mission was. So I was like trying to figure out I'm like this okay, cuz in the first scene at the at the club in Shanghai, Indy is fighting with this guy over this diamond and I'm like, okay, so he's trying to get this diamond. And then it quickly turns into something else within like 30 minutes. Just all over the place. You can tell this was written by the people that wrote Howard the Duck, just saying. Yeah, the whole point of this club scene, A, is to introduce Willie Scott, which is okay, whatever. B, he found this artifact that he gives to these guys for a diamond, so he's doing it for money. But yeah, he basically kidnaps Willie Scott and threatens to kill her. And then he's like, I'm going to let you tag along. And I'm like... 
why <laughs> oh right because we need a hot chick in the movie okay fine whatever but i'm like why why like <laughs> she's she is a detriment to your mission in fact because she lost your gun she's just a fucking screaming shrill she's piece a lounge of meat. singer you can make a character that's not an adventurer that's not you don't have to make another marion ravenwood of course not you can make someone who's a lounge singer and not make her Willie Scott annoying. Like you can make her have like street smarts and like they kind of try to do that. Like she slaps Indy a couple times and like gives gives him sass, but it's not really sass. It's more like whining to like your mommy to take you home. Like it's just annoying. Well, the other thing is she has this like obsession with diamonds. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, she's the fucking worst person. So they get to the point. I know, we're jumping all over the place. We're not really going. We're, we're going to get to the actual plot, like, from the beginning, I promise. But there's a point in this movie where, like, her and Indy have already established their quote-unquote romantic thing, which is fucking non-existent, but whatever. They get to this point in the movie that is the darkest point in the movie shit's getting real now like we gonna die and willie scott here's the bad guy mentioned diamonds and she goes from being scared for her life to ooh diamonds in like two seconds flat not even and i'm like are you serious like this is not a real person like clearly spielberg and lucas just hated women at this point they wanted to make the worst female character in existence and she she's up there but the other thing about her is there is plenty of times where Indy can just, like, leave her. And he doesn't. He didn't have to bring her along with him at all on this journey. Yeah, it didn't really make any sense why he took her with him. Because they're on a plane, so theoretically... He could have just left her at the airport. Right. Or he could have... Once they crashed the plane and got to this Indian village that they end up at, he didn't have to take her on the adventure. He could have been like, okay, just stay here and we'll be back. Me and Short Round. Me and the small child who I'd rather have on the adventure than you, a grown-ass adult. Okay. (laughs) That's how horrible you are, so you stay here. But no, he just took her with him. Because pussy, I guess? I don't know. So, should we actually get into this? Yes, let's let's start from the beginning and get into the nitty-gritty here. So, as I said before, we start in this nightclub. There is this deal going down between Indy and Lao She. Lao She poisons Indy. It leads to uh, this whole chaos going down where Indy kidnaps Kate Capshaw. But that whole opening sequence, it actually it felt like an indie movie at that point when that was going on, which I appreciated. And also, what I really appreciated was Indy entering in his sexy fucking white suit. That was, ooh, girl... It felt, girl. <laughs> it felt a little more James Bondy than it did Indiana Jones. I'm not mad at it though. No, I'm not mad at it. I, it's very interesting. He like, looks sexy in a tux. Oh, he does. <laughs> Once the fight starts and the shooting starts, you feel back at home. Kate Capshaw, who's running around this gunfight looking for a diamond, grabs the antidote, and Indy grabs her and jumps out of the window into a car being driven by Short Round. Yeah. So Short Round who's played by Kei Hui Kwan. I purposely looked up the pronunciation, so hopefully that's correct. He is just adorable. He actually won a Young Artist Award for Best Supporting Actor for this movie. It was his film debut, so for that, I think he did a great job. There were over 6,000 kids auditioned for the role of Short Round. 
And Quan had shown up with his brother, who was auditioning to just provide moral support. But he caught the eye of the casting directors with his personality. And Spielberg liked him. And he meshed well with Harrison Ford. So that was the end of that. And I, th- I think that's really cool. Yeah, he does. Honestly, the more I have watched this movie, the more he has grown on me. And I actually do like him as a character and an actor. I think when I, when I was younger, I was just annoyed by... Short round... <laughs> Uh, but the short round takes the car and is driving through a gunfight in the car with Indy and Willie in the back seat, and they get to the airport to fly away. But it turns out the plane is owned by Laoshe. So basically, once they're up in the air, you know, as planes do, the pilots fucking jump out in a parachute, and our trio supreme is left to languish in this crashing plane or as Kate Capshaw would say we're not sinking we're crashing I hate her so much oh she's horrible like literally at one point while we were re-watching this movie I just wrote in my notes verbatim I wrote constant whining in all caps and then I wrote oh the sobbing oh the whining dot 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 I cannot (laughs) Those were my notes. I just... And I knew it was coming, too. But for some reason, the first time I watched this, the whining wasn't as bothersome to me. Well, maybe because the first time you watch it, you have hope that it may get better. But once you've seen it and you know it doesn't get better... The thing is, like, with Willie, we're we're just going to talk shit about Willie this whole fucking podcast. But, like, there's no point where she is endeared to the audience at all usually with characters like willie like at least those kind of archetypes you you get a moment yeah she'll be annoying or like whiny or bitchy or whatever but then in a more quiet moment when everything's died down a little bit she'll have a moment where she becomes endearing to the audience and to our protagonists and like you'll see her as a real person like the perfect opportunity for that would be when they were around the campfire together in the woods There was a moment there where they were alone and they were talking, but then five seconds later, she's whining about sleeping in the woods and there's bugs everywhere and a snake crawls on her fucking shoulder and that's the end of that. And I'm like, okay, never mind. I guess she's just going to be Willie Scott. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So the plane's going down. So let's get an inner tube and jump out the plane on an inner tube. Yeah, actually, I read in my research that the Mythbusters determined that it was not possible to survive this even a little bit. So, well, movie magic, kids. Well, yeah, well, you think the bottom of the inner tube's flat. They, they land on snow and ice. They're done. But digress. They land. They eventually get found by the elder of this Indian village who brings them in, feeds them. Much to Willie's dismay. Maybe that was part of like the racism yeah, backlash that, that, that they ate like bugs and shit. That they eat bugs. That they eat snakes. That that, that could that could be it. Like that that's fair. That they eat monkey brain. So she starts complaining, and he's like, "Stop it!" Yeah, he's like, "You're embarrassing me, you dumb bitch. Shut the fuck up." Even short rounds like just eat the food. <laughs> this is why. Like, why? Why is she even here? Like, just. Short Round provides both comic relief and companionship and kick-assness. Like, why do you need anyone else? There's no point. (laughs) I mean, granted, you know, she's fuckable, obviously. 
ask Steven Spielberg. But like, <laughs> but like, we don't need you here, honey. Oh God! I guess it's just, I mean, in movies like this, even today, it's still a thing where like you have to have a romantic interest in the movie. I guess for the most part. But then you get movies like Blade. They're not romantically inclined at all. Right. Well, you know, I'll bet Dollar Shadonuts Donuts Temple of Doom did better than Blade in the box office. Because sexy ladies get butts in seats. Uh, oh. Ooh, yeah. So, it turns out the palace where the new Maharaja lives has come and taken a sacred stone from this little village and all of the village's children. Indy determines that he thinks the stones might be something called the Shakara Stones, and they could make him very rich and provide him with tons of glory. He decides to help these people and go to the palace to talk with the Maharaja. This leads to hijinks with elephants. Yeah, it's at every turn, they just take the full opportunity to make Willie an awful person. Like, she's bitching and moaning because the elephant smells, but, like, it's an elephant in the wild like it's not gonna smell like roses she's, you dumb bitch she's dumping perfume on it and she's she's literally like she's assaulting an animal basically with perfume mind you you're riding an elephant a beautiful majestic creature and you you just pour perfume on it thankfully the elephant sprays her with water and she falls not to her death unfortunately but just in a puddle and continues to whine and cry about how she's a lounge singer and she wants to go oh, back yeah. to Shanghai. Mind you, she almost died in Shanghai, so I don't know why you want to go back there either, dummy. Oh, the point is, as she's complaining here, her pitch gets so high. <laughs> My friends were originally with the parties all the time and limousines. I think Leia was questioning it for a little bit. Yeah, our dog was, like, very confused. Like, what is that? Is it a dog whistle? <laughs> Who is trying to summon me? <laughs> so, we get the camping scene. Yeah, I like this scene because it's just completely indicative of what this movie is and what the dynamic between our trio supreme here is. So, we have Short Round and Indiana Jones in this cute moment playing cards together and messing around and they're going back and forth with each other and it's like it's adorable and Indy explains that he found Short Round on the street he tried to pick his pocket but instead of like you know turning him into the authorities or whatever he took him in and has been helping him because his parents died and it's like this cute little relationship and this the back and forth between them while they're playing cards is like it's both hilarious and cute. And meanwhile, while all this cute sweetness is going on, guess what's happening with Willie? She's running around from a vampire bat. Just screaming. Screaming at every single thing in the woods. And mind you, I'm scared of bugs and birds. So if I were camping out in the woods in a foreign land, I'd probably be a little scared too. I might scream once in a while. But, like, after after 10 minutes, bro, after 10 minutes of just constant screaming, like, you got to just stop at some point. You got to just breathe. Yeah. Take a breath. Did you forget how to breathe? Uh, clearly, through the screaming, she's she must be breathing through her neck or something. Like She just gills because she's just a swamp creature of a person. <laughs> she really is the worst. Have we mentioned that? Willie Scott is 
the worst. It's so funny because we've, we've reviewed a lot of movies on this show. And we've had a lot of characters we've disliked a lot. I would watch all those characters before I'd watch oh Willie again. Oh, my God. Like, if you... Because I literally said to Scott at one point, I'm like, you could literally... I want to see the non... You know how everyone's like, oh, show me the Snyder cut. Show me the Ayers cut. I want to see the not Willie Scott cut. Not Willie Scott. Well, the only reason they can't do that... You totally can. Just take out all, like, the sexy scenes between her, her and Indy. There, it's only one moment... Just because of the way it's shot, there is only one real moment that you can't cut her out. Oh, fuck that. You can do a reshoot or something or a fucking... <laughs> oh, you can't <laughs> do a reshoot 80. now. Well, you can fucking finagle it with... Harrison Ford's 80. I don't buy that. You can finagle anything with editing or fucking oh, yes. Photoshop. I don't care. You can, you can take her out of the goddamn movie if you really wanted to. And if you did, it, I promise you, it would be 10 times better. Right now, as we speak, Raiders has a near-perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes with 95%. And Temple of Doom has an 84%. I promise you, if you do the not Willie Scott cut, it will go up at least 5 points. You'll get at least a, a, a 89 or 90 at that point. I, I'm just speaking as a fan. I'm speaking for Steven Spielberg. You want to get your stats up? Like, not that he needs that at yeah, all. No, Steven Spielberg needs <laughs> he that. He doesn't really need it at all. But, you know, George Lucas might. George Lucas might need his stats up. So maybe maybe I should appeal to Lucas instead. George. <laughs> George, <laughs> George, buddy. <laughs> George, buddy, pal. <laughs> we know how he is with recuts of his movies. We should just leave that alone, yeah, too. Yeah, leave that alone. Uh, I guess we're stuck with what we got. <laughs> Damn it. I tried. <laughs> so they finally get to the palace. Yeah, and they go to meet with the Maharaja. And they have dinner. It's it's a lot of like physical gags where Willie and Short Round are reacting to the weird delicacies and all that stuff. And it's weird because this whole sequence just feels like a completely different movie. And meanwhile, it's interspersed with like genuine serious talks between Indiana Jones and one of the officials, I guess, at the palace. Yeah. Actually talking about like the, you know, the mission that they're on. Yeah. He, he's talking to the Maharaja's like underling, like the guy. The royal Vizier. He's like yes. the Jafar of the situation because the Maharaja is like 11. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he needs a royal Vizier. They're talking about how this village had their stones stolen and he goes well indy aren't you wanted f for like grave robbing and he goes well yes didn't they want to cut off your head uh, not my head your hands uh, not my hand uh. <laughs> a little lower <laughs> you're getting closer uh, i get it indy's not supposed to be indy here yet even though again this is a year before Raiders. If you had done it like three, four uh, years. Yeah, like maybe, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't love that. I don't love that they kind of like changed his ideology. We're supposed to, as the audience, buy into the fact that he completely 180 his whole philosophy in like less than a year. Like, I don't know. It just seems it seemed, it, weird. Yeah, it's, it's a weird choice. Then we get the whole thing because they're staying overnight, our trio supreme here, and we get the whole forced romantic thing between Willie and Indy which again came out of nowhere there was zero percent romantic chemistry between them up to this point besides the fact that Indy is hot and Willie is pretty 
Yeah, there was a point even earlier on in this scene where Willie was talking about trying to marry the Maharaja. Well, that was before she knew he was a child, <laughs> to well, be fair. Yeah. But she's like, ooh, rich guy. Ooh, uh, is, is he seeing anyone? And it's like, Jesus Christ, lady. Like, get the fuck over yourself. Every turn, you just ha- find a way to make this person awful. So, Indy's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sleep with Willie. And Willie's like, I'm not that easy. They get into the stubborn fight of who's giving in to who to sleep with who. Oh, my God. We're trying so hard to be Indy and Marion, and it's not working. <laughs> so Indy storms across the hall, and Willie's like, you'll be back in five minutes. And like an idiot, he was going to go back and fuck this crazy fish. But no, instead, he is thwarted from his sexual escapades by an assassin. <laughs> Yes, and they're having a battle of fisticuffs. During their fight, Willie comes storming over and is like, I could have been the greatest adventure you ever had, Indiana Jones. Ew, no, honey, no. 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 (laughs) Short round saves Indy by distracting the guard so Indy can hang the guy by the ceiling fan. Did they play the fucking Indiana Jones theme in this point? They did. Yes, they? they did. That was weird. He's like strangling a guy with his whip and then fucking da 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 da. It's like, wait, no, this is wrong. Wait, wait, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> We're not there yet. This is not an adventurous moment. Slow down. Stop it. <laughs> He's strangling a man. Stop. Oh, God. I remember that was kind of weird. But yeah, I, I totally forgot about that part where short round kind of saves the day that's not what i was referring to when he's he literally saves the fucking day later i just i just like short round so much as a character he constantly is trying to help indiana jones right like even if these these people who are full-grown adults who he has no chance of fighting really he will throw himself at them yeah at one point he's just hitting like this big burly ass guy with a stick he's like i'll kill you (laughs) what the fuck bro you're so fucking cute (laughs) you're so cute sweetie i'll kill you you're so cute (laughs) well what it's funny it is it's just the way you said that is great this little child who wants to kill this big burly man you're so cute i just imagined short round coming up to you going i'll kill you and you getting down oh you're so cute (laughs) finally after uh, stopping this guy, Indy goes to check on Willie to make sure she doesn't have an assassin in her room. And Willie goes, I'm right here, Indy. I'm right here for you to love. Oh my god, I'll throw up every time she speaks. And then Indy finds the switch because, of course, the switch is in a statue of a, a lady when Indy has to press in her boob to open the secret passageway. Ha <laughs> titties are funny. <laughs> well, you get Willie who goes, I'm right here, and grabs her tits. Oh, my like, God. And you're like, Willie, Willie, this is not the goddamn time. Do you think that she does that, like, whole whining shrill thing when she comes? <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. One of Cinema's most exciting mysteries. We'll never know. Oh, you're welcome to anyone listening to this that didn't need to know that or picture that. You're very welcome. Do you think Indy has to wear earplugs? Have a fun night terror tonight. <laughs> Did we come? I'm Kate Capshaw just standing over you screeching. Indy! 
I hope it's very sexually confusing. <laughs> oh, God, I'm broken. Oh, that's staying in. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, guys, quick break from the main show. We just wanted to take a minute to show you all some kick-ass podcasts that Scott and I really enjoy. Check them out now. Welcome to Film History, the history of film. I'm James. And I'm Drake. And I'm Devin. And we're the host of Film History, the history of film. Each week, we take a deep dive into some old Hollywood history that you've probably never heard about. But it's not like your high school film class. We're cracking jokes and goofing off the entire time. It's history told our way for all audiences, from the ill-informed to the savants of cinema. Yeah, we tell you about James Cagney almost getting his head blown off because, well, you know, back in the 30s, you were allowed to just shoot machine guns at your leading man. And wait until you hear the episode about Waterworld. Or how the world's first vampire movie was made by real occultists and some Nazis. And there's plenty more little-known Hollywood lore out there, legends and facts. So if you join us every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, I promise it'll be a good time. Yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Just look for Film History. The History of Film! So they find the secret passageway. Indy tells Kate Capshaw to stay behind. And him and Short Round go in to the secret passage and they get trapped. Well, it was funny because they're in this room and Short Round's just being like a kid and he's kind of getting in the way. So Indy's like, Short Round, just just go stand over there by that wall. And he, <laughs> he goes over there and he leans against the wall and it like falls back like it's a like a big button. And all of a sudden, the ceiling starts coming in on them like the fucking trash compactor in Star Wars. Oh, wow. George Lucas wrote this story? Oh, God. But (laughs) it was funny because he's like, I didn't do that. You told me to stand over here. You told me to stand against the wall. (laughs) So this is, of course, where he yells to Willie. He yells to Willie to, like, help them and figure, figure out how to stop the fucking moving walls and shit and at one point there's like a hole in the wall and Indy and her are like communicating through this hole in the wall and he literally enunciates so funnily he's like we are going to die you fucking idiot Uh stop being a pussy (laughs) Willie does this after much complaining then re-engages the trap and they barely escape this time because she's got to bend over and hit the switch again with her ass. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, that ass. Everybody say it with me. That ass. That ass. Now we get to the dark ritual. This was my favorite sequence in the movie. Because for about 90% of it, Willie is nowhere to be found. <laughs> she is gone. And it's just indie and short round. Yeah. This dark ritual is being performed... You've all seen it. It's Kalima. It's really very dark. A guy rips out another guy's heart. Yeah, it's very like devil worshipy skulls and blood everywhere and little enslaved children and it's it's a lot. <laughs> 
this is not a situation where you're going to see Indy cheekily turn around and be like, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Like, no, this is not funny. <laughs> this is yeah. this is not even kind of funny. Indy gets possessed. There's lots happening. Oh, yeah, there is a lot. But after they see this guy get sacrificed, Indy does realize that the Shikara stones are real. So he goes down. He goes, stay here. I'm going to go get the stones. And of course, short round and Willie are captured, and so is Indy shortly after that. They bring Indy and short round to this altar, and like at the center of the altar is this big ass fucking skull. Looks like it came straight out of Spirit Halloween. And all I could say when I saw that thing, I was like, oh, look, it's the great pumpkin, Indiana Jones. That was the only thing that I was like laughing at how silly it looked, because it just did not look like it matched with this ultra dark tone that they were setting yeah yeah it does look a little off but this leads to the head priest of this dark order mola ram basically feeding people this dark liquid that causes them to become zombies basically like indoctrinated zombie people at first indies resisting Then they kind of beat up short round in front of him. Well, they make a fucking voodoo doll out of Indiana Jones and hold him over a fire. Then they whip in the end short round. (laughs) They fucking give him like 40 lashes or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, are they, they're torturing a child now? What the fuck? (laughs) Well, at first they hit Indy about two or three times before I think Harrison realizes that he's supposed to be getting lashed. Because he doesn't react to him. And then he says, oh, and he starts wincing after like the third one. I respect the fact that they went as dark as they did with this because it's it's something different. But this sequence is still in line with the Indiana Jones that we know. Yeah. He is taking this torture and he's resisting. But then as soon as he sees Short Round being tortured, he kind of relents a little bit and he just wants them to leave Short Round alone. It's obviously, again, very dark and intense, but you feel the emotion behind it. And again, Willie is nowhere to be seen, so she can't ruin it with her fucking screeching. Because you know if she was there, she'd just be like, Stop it! Stop it! Stop it, Indy! So, short round gets sent to the child labor camp. Brainwashed Indy goes back to the sacrificial chamber where they are now going to sacrifice Willie. Oh, yeah, and they have this whole bullshit sequence with them, too. She's like, oh, Indy, come back to me. Don't leave me alone. It's like, <laughs> shut up. Bitch, are you fucking for real? Like, y'all do not have a connection like that. Like, stop. Stop trying to force feed us this fucking love connection between them, two. It's, like, hilariously stupid. How do you think they do on the newlywed game? Oh, my God. Like, fucking idiots. I can't. <laughs> And this is the only moment where she isn't screaming. If up to this point she had been established as an actual character, you might feel bad for her at this point. But no. Like, even if you established that she had genuine feelings for Indiana Jones, maybe you'd feel bad for her at this point. But you didn't even do that. You just, like, established that she wanted to fuck. Yeah. That was it. (laughs) Yeah. Short round does break out. And kill a guard to get to Indy. Hell yeah. First he tries to break Indy out of it just naturally. Oh my god, that was so sad. And he smacks him. I was like, oh my god, no. (laughs) He grabs the torch off the wall. And that's where he says, Indy, I love you. And I'm like, my heart is like breaking. And then he holds the fire up to his stomach 
to try and like snap him out of it and it does thankfully it's just i love the part where like they show indy's reaction and like him slowly coming out of it and realizing what he had done and then he grabs short round and he holds short round and he's like whispering and like it's me kid and he winks at him I'm like oh thank god <laughs> and then they proceed to turn around and punch some people yay that was like oh for me this whole sequence like saves the movie for me yeah, from not this, gonna lie. From this point on, it's very quick, very fast paced. Yes, like really from the point where they enter the fucking creepy ritual cave area to the end of the movie, it actually does feel like an Indiana Jones movie, which is great. Yeah, so they're knocking out some guards. The priest gets away. They kill the vizier of the Maharaja, who of course was in on the whole thing. This is all your fault, Jafar. They stop Kate Capshaw from falling to her death, you know, because they have to. Well, yes, they do have to. I mean, I'll, you know, I don't like Willie, but it wouldn't really look too good on Indiana Jones if she just, you know, died. (laughs) But it is kind of funny when he pulls her back up from this pit of despair that they were going to throw her into. Uh, She's like passed out and he wakes her up. And he's like, Willie, it's me, I'm back. And she smacks him. I'm like, all right, if, again, if you were a normal character up to this point and you did that, I would laugh. But I'm not laughing because I hate you. <laughs> this leads to them breaking out of all the children. Short Round gets a little bit of a fight against some guards. Indy and this big hulking tank of a guard get into a fist fight. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where Short Round takes just a stick and <laughs> hits him in the shins like, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Meanwhile, Willie, again, if she doesn't just do nothing in this movie, she's actually hindering good things from happening. <laughs> because at one point, Short Round is trying to get to Indy to help him, and she's holding him back. Now, I would understand if this was a normal child, but he, he's proven himself multiple times to be very capable of saving the fucking day. Because he literally saved Indiana Jones. So... I think he's good. You can let go, you dumbass bitch. Like, yeah. go away. Well, this leads to Indy getting on a fight on the conveyor belt of rocks being crushed. And the Maharaja, who is also brainwashed, is stabbing the voodoo doll of Indy. But Short Round sees this and he goes to fight the Maharaja. And he kicks the shit out of this kid. <laughs> yes, who would have knew child on child violence would be so entertaining? But then we kind of get our trio supreme escaping onto this mining cart thing. And that kind of turns into like almost kind of like the, the fucking boulder sequence in the fucking first movie. Yeah. Because it's just this little doohickey that's chasing our trio supreme. And it's like this was trying to be the iconic yeah. action set piece. But it just didn't live up to the boulder scene in the first movie. No, it's it's definitely not as iconic. Uh, this is, of course, the only time Willie does something that is at all really heroic, where she punches one of the guards in the face. Yeah, it doesn't really redeem her character at all, because by this point... You've given up on her. Uh, yeah, completely. And, like, not for nothing, it's not like she did anything that Short Round or Indy couldn't have done, like, Ex- if she wasn't there. Exactly. Well, you know what would have been better... Well, maybe not better. It would have been silly. But at least it would have, like, made Willie uniquely useful if you establish that as a lounge singer, her voice is, like... she break glass. Yeah, exactly. That's literally what I was just going to say. Like, it's so... Her range is so fucking killer that, like, 
she can break glass and she at, at that moment when the guard is holding on to the little cart she just does a fucking killer high note and like breaks his ears bleed like <laughs> and he lets go she's and falls she, to his death she's fucking black canary exactly like fuck it why not at this point who cares <laughs> I mean, it it would be just as believable as anything else that's happened in this movie so far. Willie Scott, Black Canary of the DC Universe. Or at least take her fucking high heels, because she could be like that chick from Jurassic Park and be wearing high heels this whole time. She could take off one of her high heels and stab him in the eye or something. Oh, God. But she doesn't do that. She just punches him in the face. We get the minecart chase, which is it's a good chase scene. It's fine, yeah. It's perfectly serviceable. Of course, our trio supreme escapes... Willie and Short Round are together and they're crossing this bridge where they are captured and Indy is fighting off some guards. We get the one little callback to Raiders. Oh yeah, that was good. I totally forgot about that part in this movie, but that was good. Where the two guards flashily spin their swords and Indy goes to reach for his gun and he doesn't have a gun. Thanks, Willie. Thanks a lot. (laughs) You're the best. This leads to the bridge scene. Where Mulram, Willie, and Short Round, a bunch of guards, and Indiana Jones are all on this rickety-ass rope bridge with gators in the river below. Yes, you can tell because clearly the green screen showing the fucking gators in the water below is very real. (laughs) Yeah. They're really there. Indy reaches the sword above his head, cuts the rope, causing a bunch of people to fall to their death. Eventually, Indy does take this Shikara stones away from Mulram because he has offended Allah and Allah lights the stones on fire causing him to fall to his death. All right. <laughs> okay. It it, it, is, it feels a little rushed here at the end. Like, we got to end bit. this here. Well, especially since we didn't really introduce our villain until like 30 minutes before this. I get you. Although I do like where he tries to do like the Kill Bill heart thing. He grabs his fucking chest and sure I was like, cover your heart, Indy. <laughs> oh, well, we should also talk about when Indy comes up from the bridge. You know, he has one of those moments where like Short Round and Willie are looking out and they're like, oh, God, did Indy fall? And then slowly he kind of crawls his way up and he has the stone in his hand and the three of them just start laughing. They're just doing that for what seems like an eternity. And then after a while, I'm just like, OK, I know this is really funny and all, but like Indy's still hanging off the side of a cliff. Like, can we help him out? Maybe we've seen this trope in way too many goddamn movies. That's true. We have a hilarious laugh of how we've survived this craziness. Oh, look at us. Still alive. Um, but I'm still hanging on this cliff, though. So can we, like, have some assistance? I've been stabbed multiple times. <laughs> I, I almost had my heart stopped. Like, can we please? There has to be a moment. Uh, there has to be a movie where someone's hanging from the cliff and you get this moment and they fall. Ah! The sidekick is like waiting for them to come up and they just never come up. They're like, oh shit, he did. <laughs> so, of course, Indy takes the last Shakara stone back to the village because he's learned there are more important things than fortune and glory. All right. <laughs> Willie yells at him about not wanting to go out on an adventure ever again with him. She storms away from him in a huff and it's like, oh yeah, okay, right, bitch, whatever you say. Like, you just want to fucking bang Indy. Indy whips the whip around her waist which would hurt yeah i feel like that would give her some serious rope burn but okay maybe she's into that maybe whatever's your kink it's your kink um (laughs) oh my 
god they have zero chemistry oh like if he if if he had done something like that in raiders to marion i would have thought that was so fucking sexy and like clever and cute but in this i'm like oh my god i don't care and then like they do the thing where like they're about to kiss and then the elephant sprays them with water and <laughs> it's so funny and short rounds laughing <laughs> aren't we a fucking delightful trio the movie ends with them kissing and i'm like really that's what we're gonna end on okay whatever <laughs> god damn it and that is indiana jones and the temple of doom yay so frankie Yes. What are your final thoughts after watching this movie again? Um, here's my thing. I mean, obviously, we've been talking a lot of shit, mostly about Willie throughout this movie. However, I do think that this movie is still good. I think that the relationship between Indiana Jones and Short Round, as well as basically the last third of the movie, mainly the scenes surrounding Indy and Short Round in that weird ritual cave space that really is what saves the movie i agree with you i agree with you that those are really great moments the two of them have which is why you actually uh, made a guest appearance on uh, another podcast recently yes uh yes the real debates on the cinema craptaculous network yeah i don't know if it's gonna be up yet by the time this goes out but Scott went on this episode to basically debate about the world of Indiana Jones. And he made a great argument that if the moniker of Indiana Jones were to be passed down for a reboot situation in the future, a great character who could take up the mantle of Indiana Jones would be Short Round. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, I honestly, I've been talking about that for a while. I think because Short Round is a already established character and we haven't seen him since temple of doom it could work yeah absolutely and like uh, if you want to listen out for scott's appearance on that podcast because uh spoiler alert he does win the debate <laughs> oh whoa 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 <laughs> um but yeah if you want to check that out feel free to um look into their podcast is actually a hilarious show and we'll certainly promo it when scott's episode comes out on our social media so exactly but uh yeah Again, 100% agree with you on pretty much most of this movie. The ending bit saves it. The action's still fun throughout the movie. Of course, Harrison Ford is amazing. I would have liked to expand that last 30 minutes to a full movie, but Temple of Doom's still okay. So, Frankie, out of five stars, what would you rate Temple of Doom? I gave it a three and a half out of five stars. Yeah, I am at the same. I I am also at a three and a half out of five stars. All right. So I think we're on the same page here. I definitely would say it's one of the lesser Indiana Jones films, but it still is a fun ride overall, despite Kate Capshaw. (laughs) And speaking of Kate Capshaw, Scott, would you like to engage in a little guessing game with me? Sure. I have here in my notes of research. Okay. The exact Willie Scott scream count for this movie. (laughs) Um, Would you like to guess what it is? Okay. Um, Let's say (sighs) it is a lot. Let's say 62. Ooh, you are under, sir. I'm under shit. 
It actually came out to 71 times. Damn. Willie Scott screamed in this movie. But somehow she still managed, that's just the power of Indiana Jones, to not destroy this movie. <laughs> Thank God. Very true. But um, next week, it's going to be very exciting. Guess what it is? Oscar time? No, oh. it's spoopy time. Oh, it's spoopy time. Oh, we're going. Oh, it's spoopy time. Oh, God, it's already October. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the end of September. Therefore, next week is the beginning of October. And then after that would be the middle of October. And then after that is the end of October. Isn't life amazing? <laughs> the passage of time is a thing. For this year, our spoopy month of October is going to be fantabulous. Scott and I are both going to introduce each other to a couple of spoopy movies. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Scott starts out with him introducing me to a classic horror film that I've never actually sat down and watched. I'm very excited. But until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm... Scott Eisenberg. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our scary, frightening movie adventure. Whip it. Whip it good. Oh, no. Not again. When our problem comes along.